But I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 55, the beautiful garden of prayer, number 55. Just thinking as we were singing that song that we have an opportunity we can reach our Savior, Jesus Christ. In that beautiful garden of prayer, 
that opportunity that we have to be able to just go to him. He says there's a place that is wondrously fair, and think about that, that there's a time, any time, that he is there and he is available for us if we will just submit ourselves to him. And if we go to him earnestly desiring and desiring these things to be done for us, not that we might take them and use them upon our own lust and that we might use these things just for our own selves, but that we might have this, that we might have his power and his spirit to overcome Satan and that we might have that love for him and his father and for our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ. He says there's a place that is wondrously fair and that's just being able to go to him. And he is there waiting for each and every one of us. He says just to bow and receive a new blessing. He bids you to come, come to him, that you might receive then a new blessing. It is his will that we are blessed here upon the earth. It is his will that we are blessed spiritually. And he says, if you seek those things first, seek the kingdom of God first, and put that first and foremost in all things, he said, then all of these other things will be added to you. And that's what I want you to all understand today and to think about, that there is a beautiful garden of prayer there. And in that garden, he says, there, is a, there my Savior awaits. And he opens the gates. He is open to us to hear our word, to hear our desire, to hear our petition that we are petitioning him for. But first and foremost, let's be asking him to just lead, guide, and direct us, to fill us with his spirit, fill us with his love, fill us with his mercy that we are enabled to do as he did here upon the earth and how he forgave and how he has forgiven you and I and we should forgive others in the same manner and whatever it might be. So let's remember these things. Let's keep them in our heart. Let's put them in our treasure that we have them there that we can bring them forth in a time of trouble and that we can use them to overcome I was reading this morning, he was just talking, though, about a different overcome. He was talking about in Peter there of how that if, if we are overcome with sin after we have tasted the wonderful words of life, he said if you go back into that and are overcome, he said it's better that you never knew than to get in that condition. If you're overcome in it. Now, I know that we're going to all make some mistakes, but we're not going to live habitually in sin, and we're not going to let sin just overcome our life and destroy us and to take us back into that house that we came out of. We should never do that. Use his power and use his spirit to do as he said, overcome Satan. Not let Satan overcome you. And we've all, we can do that. Be encouraged in it. It is his word. It's his promise that he'll give you victory. So let's all be encouraged this morning. Let's all be awake and hear his word.
Listen. This book is full of the words of salvation. And I hope that's why you've come out here today to learn more about how that you can have salvation, that you can have eternal life. <laughs> you know, this life that we talk about here that we all have this morning, this body that we have, it is given to us to use. It is not ours. It's God's body. And he has given us that to use it while we're here upon the earth. He has put a soul in there that you that is yours, a spirit there. And it will spend eternity somewhere. Even in eternal hell or eternal life. And we have talked so much about that. I want us to all though to keep that in mind. And he has made a promise. He loved us so much. God the Father did. He sent his son here. Now to die for us. And to overcome Satan. Now what are we going to do about those things? Are we going to just go along and, and half-heartedly say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not living the way I should, that I'm not walking and growing closer and closer to Jesus Christ? Or am I willing to see what he did for me and that he is there in that garden of prayer and he will hear my word? And he will direct me and he will lift me up out of that miry clay and he'll give me victory if I just ask. And then if I let his spirit direct me and live in accordance with how his spirit would have me to live, he says, draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to you. Is that what we are, our interest is today is getting closer to him? Knowing more about that eternal life because every one of us, I don't care who you are, where you come from, what your age is, we will leave and this body will lay down. This body will die. But you've got a soul that's going to stay and live somewhere forever. And he's making that calling an election. He is offering that to each and every one. And as we've read recently, let no man deceive you, he says. And these were words that Jesus Christ was saying when he was here upon the earth even, that there would be many antichrists that would come. And as you look around, I heard someone talking about something this week there, about just how that throughout the world today, are we becoming men of righteousness? Or are we just someone giving it lip service and still continuing to live a worldly lifestyle. What is it in our life today, friends? Are we wanting to get more and more like him? Are we wanting to have that righteous spirit dwelling richly within us? If we aren't careful, we'll be just like the world. And he says that that is an enemy to his spirit. His spirit is clean. His spirit is pure. His spirit is righteous. So let us all this morning look to him and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Not in ourselves, 
but put our faith and trust in him that we might have everlasting life. I believe we'll read some this morning. We'll start reading some in Romans. This will be the sixth chapter of Romans. We'll start there this morning. <clears throat> Let's start reading a few verses in that fifth chapter. It's kind of lead up to some of the things that he's talking about here. We'll start reading at the 17th verse of the fifth chapter of Romans. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, and the offense there that started out in the beginning, there when Adam and Eve, they lost out. And now he's saying there, but they which received abundance of grace. And how can we see, where is that coming from? Abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That's what it is all about here today. Is that we can reign in life. While we are here, we can have spiritual life within us. And when we leave, we can have that life everlasting by Jesus Christ because he lived, because he overcame, because he died. We can have that life. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men into condemnation. And we all inherited that. That sin all the way back from Adam and Eve. And he says that came upon all men, not just some, but all men, to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. We all inherited that. We all have an opportunity to have life because of Jesus Christ. We inherited that, but God made a way for us to inherit eternal life. He says you can become a son of God by accepting him, by putting it all into the hands of Jesus Christ. You can become a son of God. And all, but by the righteousness of one, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's the only man that's ever lived here upon the earth that lived a perfect and righteous life. You and I today can have that righteous spirit within us. And if we would just follow it to the very T, we could do the same. But we have that nature that wants to lead us away. Don't let that use the power of God. He's telling us, even so, by righteousness of one, the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life, that our life could be justified because Jesus Christ bore our sins on the cross. 
And He overcame for you and for me. Are we going to accept that? Are we going to live by it? Are we going to keep that in our mind? Are we going to just go through life half-heartedly? For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that, that should be encouraging to us all here this morning. For by one man's disobedience, all were made sinners. We know, I believe that every one of us in here today would agree to that. That we came here in a sinful state because of one man's disobedience. Because of Adam and Eve's disobedience there, we inherited that sin that was brought forth upon the earth at that time. We were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, and that's Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. Are you seeking righteousness today? Is that what you're looking for? Of one man shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound. But where sin abounded, listen at this, grace did much more abound. We've all agreed that we came here in sin. Have we all agreed that Jesus Christ came for our sins? Do we all understand that where sin abounds, and it abounded in every one of us that is here today, if you have repented, you know something about it. If you've received that new birth, you know that how grace, the power and the gift of God did much more abound over that sinful lifestyle that you had. And it can do the same today. And it will be. It does not matter who you came, where you came from, what your past life has been. He says, where, great, where sin abounded in that lifestyle. He says, now grace, the power of God, did much more abound. The power of God. Has that happened in your life? I want you to ask yourself. I want you to examine. I want you to let the Lord examine you. And to see, has this happened in your life? Is grace abounding more and over sin in your life? Are you greater today, spiritually, than you were? That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. He just brings it all back down now and tells you how that has happened and how it will happen. Listen carefully to that, those words. 
that as sin hath reigned unto death, and we know that if it continues to reign in death, that it will cause that spiritual death. It has, it has already, everyone is born spiritually dead. That has reigned. Sin is what has caused that. But then what is he telling us? What God has done for us. Now, he says, even though that has reigned unto death in your life before, even so might grace, the power of God, reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That says a lot there when we say that. Now, that death was there, he says, but now, you have repented of those things. You've accepted of that grace and that righteousness, that righteous spirit now reigning within you and will lead you into eternal life, away from that death. And I don't know why anybody would not want eternal life. We all know that we're going to die here upon the earth. Would there be anybody here that does not want eternal life? Why? Would you even question that then? He says, now, how do you get that? That eternal life only comes in that righteousness by Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he says one more thing. He says, our Lord. Is that the case with us? Is he our Lord? A Lord is over you. A Lord is directing you. Naturally, that would be the case. Now, he is our spiritual Lord. He also will be leading us in everything that we do, naturally or spiritually. He will be leading us. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace through righteousness, reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen to that. Be encouraged with it. Accept him. Believe in him. Ask him. Go to him. Asking him for that grace, for that power, that love. It's a promise that he will do it for us, that you might have that eternal life and it only comes through him what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound what shall we say then listen at that very good and listen to them I'm going to read that second verse there God forbid That's what Paul told him Paul asked him a question there he says now if grace is You've received that, and it has power over sin. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Does that sound anything familiar that what we might hear throughout the world today? That my sins are covered. Doesn't matter what I do, I can go out here and live. However I want to live, I've accepted Jesus Christ. I can go live however I want to. And they're covered. 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He answered that question very plain and clear to them. He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If I've had a new birth, if I have accepted Jesus Christ, now sin has been taken away from me. I'm dead to sin. I don't have any more desire for that. That spirit has taken it away if I've truly regained, have gained that new birth. And he says, now how can I say that I have that new birth, I have the spirit of righteousness within me, and live any longer in sin? Do you see what he's talking about here? Do you see what he's saying? That yes, know you not that so many of us as were baptized to Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by the baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, shall, we also should walk in newness of life. If we've been baptized with that Holy Spirit, he says, then we ought to be just as Christ was raised up from the dead. We were dead in sin. That new spirit has raised us up from that dead spiritual life now. And by the glory of the Father, by the glory of Jesus Christ, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. We should walk out of sin, not into sin. We should be carried... And everything that we are doing is trying to get closer to him instead of walking right on the edge. And how far can I go and not go over the border? That shouldn't be in our mind. It's how far should I stay away from sin and everything. It's not how close can I get to sin how, or to that edge there. How can I live in that manner and just try to get just as close as I can to the edge? It's how can I stay away from it? Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. And that's the life of that new spirit. That's spiritual life that is there, friends. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We've been planted together. We have been baptized with that new spirit, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, in the likeness of his death. He died so that we could have that, friends. And we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was resurrected out of the grave to life? Do you believe today that you can be resurrected spiritually to life? Have you been resurrected spiritually to life? If you haven't, the opportunity is there, but don't continue to wait. Go to him. Ask him to come into your life. Repent of your sins. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. 
that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Do you hear that? Do you understand all about what he's saying? He says, now knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Our old man. Who is that old man he's talking about? He's talking about the spirit of Satan. He's talking about that spirit that we read about there that we inherited. That old man. That was Satan that was within us. Now, he says, knowing this, do you know that though? That our old man is crucified with him. He died on that cross to take away those sins and now are our sins crucified in Jesus Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed. Can you live in righteousness and still that body of sin be right there in your life and it not be destroyed and you're still just habitually living in sin just as you were before you proclaimed that you were a Christian? He said that the body of sin might be destroyed. That death, that sin, that old man of sin has been destroyed by the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ. That's been destroyed. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, that from that time forward, we should not serve sin. That that won't be in our life. I'm not saying you're going to live a perfect life. But if you do sin, it's going to break you. You are going to be troubled. And you know you must do something about it. You know you must go to the advocate, Jesus Christ, to have that removed, to have it taken away, to be forgiven. For he that is dead is free from sin. Listen to that. He that is dead. Now what's he talking about? He that is dead to sin by the power of God. He is freed from that. He is freed from sin because he has the old man taken away. Because he has a new spirit within him. He says he is free from sin. How can I say that, yes, I'm walking with him and I have been regenerated and I am a son of God and just continue right on in my worldly sinful lifestyle? For he that is dead, been resurrected back to life, we're dead to sin, but resurrected to life, he said it's freed from sin because God's given you the power over it. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we shall we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. 
and death will have no more dominion over the righteous. This body will die. But that spiritual life is full of life today with the righteous. It is full of spiritual life and it will not see death. If we protect that, we buy that feel of that we found that pearl of great price in and we go and we sell it all and put it all into the hands of Jesus Christ. If we believe, if we believe, it, now if we be dead with Christ, there is no sin in Christ. We are now dead with Christ to sin. We believe that we shall also live with him. I believe that because that's a promise from him that those who believe upon him shall have eternal life. That we also may live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. How wonderful that is for us to think about. How wonderful that we have the opportunity there to know that. That he died. And that's what we talked about in that very beginning there. That by one, the sins were taken away. By one, the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that's Jesus Christ. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Now, listen at that. Christ died unto sin once. He never, he never partook of sin. He was never yielding to sin. Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin by the power of God, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Dead unto sin, put it away. But now we've been made alive through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, our Lord, he says. Paul understood that as he was writing this. Do we understand who he is today? And it is Jesus Christ if he is our Lord, we are willing to hear his word. We're willing to walk with him. We're willing to listen. And he says, he that hears my word and does them, what is he like? He is building his house of righteousness because he's listening to the words of Jesus Christ. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Listen carefully to that. He's told us all about how that we can overcome, how that we can be dead to sin, how that we can be alive to righteousness. And then he just brings it right down to this. He says, let not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let these things happen. Keep it pushed out of your life Reminded of something. I want to just turn right quick here. Timothy, Paul was writing to him. He says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, Charity, peace with them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. That's what Paul was writing to these other people then. Later he was writing here to this young man that he was mentoring. And he just told him. He was talking about other things there. But he said, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work, purging himself from sin. And then he goes right into it and he's a young man and he says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And how can you have that pure heart? of being dead to sin, receiving that new life. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strives. Now that was something he was talking to him about there. But he says there with us, neither yield ye your, in back in Romans 6 chapter 13th verse, he says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Did you hear what he's saying? Let not sin reign in your mortal body. And that's what he was talking to Timothy about. Flee youthful lust as a young man. But that's not just to him. That's for all of us to flee the lust of this body. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, all of those things. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let it reign. Don't let it be in there just constantly. When something reigns there, the way I look at it, it's over you. A king reigns over his 
his area, his territory, his people. He governs them. And that's what he's saying, let not sin reign in your mortal body. Let not sin be what is over this body, but let righteousness be over it. And remember what we talk about, what Paul said, that I must bring this body into the subjection. I must stay under this body, he says, and bring it into subjection of the Spirit. Even though I have preached unto others, if I do not do this, he said, I will be a castaway. Do you hear his word? Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Keep it out. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't yield this body into those type things. But then he turns right around and he tells you what to do. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive. Listen. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive, as other righteous as you can see and see how they are living, you see how Jesus Christ lived. He was alive. He was put to death. That body was, but he is spiritually alive today. That body was even resurrected back to life. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Use this body. Use your talents as righteousness unto God, not unto Satan, not unto the things of this world, but use this body to serve Jesus Christ and God and to draw closer to him. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And listen, he's going to say this. This was coming into my mind so strong there. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Again, basically the same thing that he said right there in that verse. Shall, what shall we do then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, he said. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. And then he goes on and he explains a lot about how that go took place, and then he brings it up again. He says, now, after you've heard these things, he says, what then do you believe? Is basically what I said. Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. And we're under the law of grace today. But the law there, the commandments and his word still fall right in for us to live by. And it's what, if, it, if that is sin, we must steer clear of it. He says, we shall, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not 
that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Who is your Lord? Who is reigning over you? Listen, know you not, he says, do you not understand this? That to whom you yield your servants to obey. You yield your, your body, you yield your mind, is what he's talking about. You yield your heart, your members of the body, whatever it might be. You yield them. What do you, who do you yield it to? You yield your serv yourselves servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey. Are you yielding to sin? Then if that's the case, you're yielding to Satan. You are a servant of Satan. And that's just as plain as it can be. You are, he is reigning over you. He has control of your life. You are continuing to be in sin. He is just leading you to in the, into that type thing. Is that the case? He says that's who would be leading you. Know you not that to whom you yield your servants to obey. Are you obeying sin? Are you living habitually in sin? His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. We can, and there are people here today, that is walking upright. They are people here that are yielding their members, servants, to God, not to Satan, not to sin. But they are yielding their members to righteousness. And that can be each and every one of us. And I hope that would love to see that with everyone that is here. Yielding their heart, yielding their body to righteousness. They are obedient to the word of Jesus Christ or of obedience, he says, unto righteousness. Obedience. He plays that right in there. Being obedient to who? Our Lord. Who is our Lord? Jesus Christ. That's what he's telling us that we need to be involved in and we need to be looking. But God be thanked, he said that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. And I hope that, I want to see everybody here with that right there. And I hope that's the case with you today. He's warning us of these other things, but he's just encouraging us also that yes, we can live in obedience unto righteousness, by the power and by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. But he goes on and he tells us now, who do we thank for that? That's not our own self. That's not by our own power. He says, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. At one time, every single one of us have been in that condition. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You've obeyed from the heart the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And what does he say for us? Believe that he is the Son of God. Believe that he is resurrected back to life. Believe 
that he, the way he has said for us to live, that he can take away our sins, believe those things, and put our faith and trust in him. That is what he is telling us. Then that we can't but God be thanked. Thank him for giving us that power, giving us that spirit, that ye were the servants of men, but have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. You've repented of your sins. You've been baptized for the remission of your sins. You have asked for him to be your Savior. You have received that new spirit. You are now allowing that spirit to direct you. Your heart there is filled with his word. And your mind, he has put it in your mind. And filled your heart with righteousness. And being, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Isn't that something to think about there this morning? Listen at that. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. You thank him. Yeah, I was that way. But you've obeyed from the heart. I've done what he asked to be done. From the, the, obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you by the gospel of Jesus Christ, being then made free from sin. Sin does not have dominion over you anymore. It is not reigning in your life that you became the servants of righteousness. You became the servants of righteousness. And what does a servant do? A servant is obedient and obeys his master, his Lord. If we now are a servant of righteousness, who is our Lord? Jesus Christ. Are we obeying? He says there, whether unto sin and to death or of obedience unto righteousness. And then he comes down here, but being made free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness by that new birth, by the power of God. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness and to holiness. And we've all lived in that lifestyle that he's talking about there in the beginning. And we yielded, into, we yielded to that. And Satan was over us in it. We reigned in that sin. But he says, now, for ye have yielded your members, servants unto uncleanliness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. He says, you've done that. He says, now, even so now, yield your members, servants, to righteousness, into holiness, unto holiness. Just now, yield yourself to the Spirit of God and let it bring forth righteousness within you. 
you can have that eternal life. Continue, let's listen to what he says. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. You didn't have any righteousness within you when you were a servant of sin. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, and we can all look back and be ashamed of our life before we received that new birth. He says we can see what may but now be made from free from sin and become servants of God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. And that's something that he tells us these things that he just keeps bringing in, throwing us out a little bundle that we can feast upon and we can be renewed to life and we can be renewed to encouragement of eternal life. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? Are you truly ashamed of that lifestyle? I am. And I don't want any part of it anymore. For the end of those things is death. And I know that that's the case. That those things were leading me into eternal death. But then, but now, being made free from sin, and I know that's the case, and that spirit is there, and I can have power over those things. I know that. I know you can. And become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness. And in the end, everlasting life. What kind of fruits are you bringing forth? Are you bringing forth good fruits? He says only a good person with that good, a good tree can bring forth good fruit. He says a corrupt tree or a bad tree will bring forth bad fruit. What fruit are you bringing forth today in your life? What spirit is directing you today? Being made free from sin. If you're free from sin, he says, now you've become a servant of God. A servant of God. A servant is then obedient. Go back and he says, of obedience unto righteousness. We're servant and are we obedient? If we are, he says, you have your fruit unto holiness. You're bringing forth in your life the fruits of righteousness is working within you. And it is bringing forth good works. That's what he wants to see us do. That spirit is bringing forth those. Not you, but the spirit of God. You're a servant of his. And that spirit is what's bringing forth the good fruit, good works within you. And then he goes on and he makes it very plain and clear to us. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that wonderful?
he's talked to us, we've talked about how that by Jesus Christ, he came here and he died one time that we all might be saved from our sins. He has told us all about how we can have that new birth and how that we can have those sins taken away. But God be thanked that you are the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. And then they come all the way down there to the bottom again. For the wages of sin is death. If we want to continue in that, that's death. That's eternal hell. You can listen to it. You can say, I'm not, that's just a fairy tale or that's just something that Mike's up there talking about. But it's right here in the Word. For the wages of sin, if you continue to live in sin and you don't get forgiveness for that, you don't become a servant of God, you will be cast into hell. The wages of sin, he says, is death. But the gift of God, the gift, something that he has to give to you, you don't have to go buy it. It's by asking him. The gift of God, he says, I will give it to you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, let us all be joyous in that and hear what he's saying. It is a gift that has been paid for. Your sins have been paid for except Jesus Christ that yours are taken away there. It's just a gift. If somebody came in here to the door today and said, y'all just line up. I'm going to give everybody here a million dollars when you walk out. Everybody in here probably would be lined up waiting to get that. Everybody. But Jesus Christ is telling every single one of us today that I have a gift for you of eternal life if you will just hear my words and you will be obedient to me. I will give to you a gift of eternal life. I'll take your sins away. And I'll give you a new spirit. And that new spirit is the grace of God that has overcome sin in my Son, Jesus Christ. And it will overcome it in you. That's what He has promised today. Don't accept a counterfeit. There are counterfeit dollars that you can look at and it looks perfect to the certain person, to the average person. They can't tell a difference. But you show it to someone who knows of money, a banker or something, and they can see the flaws in it, 
and they will reject it. Be careful. Man, he says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but leads to death. Be careful with those things. Because we, he says, let no man deceive you. But come to him. Don't be following sin. Come to him and receive that eternal life that is so valuable for each and every one of us. Turn here in Romans. This is in the 13th chapter. We'll start reading here at the ninth verse. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You hear he's just going over some of the things that how he has asked for us to live our life and to stay away from sin. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing that the time that is, and that, Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And now is the time, friends, that we should awake out of spiritual sleep. Now is the time for us to know and understand all of these things and be filled with righteousness and not have sin within us. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed, and I believe our salvation is near. And if it goes on another years and years till even after I am gone, my salvation is drawing near. I am in the latter days of my life. But that can be something that I can look forward to as going out of this life into life eternal. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. That's what he's telling us, friends. The night is far spent. The time is available. It's time is now. He says the day is at hand that we should all be striving to go closer to him. Let us therefore 
cast off the works of darkness. Let us therefore cast off the works of sin, he said. And let us put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of the power and the grace of God. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. Again, these things, that's sin in people's lives. He says, let us walk honestly. Let us walk honestly, walking in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Walking righteously. He says, not in these other things. Not in rioting. Not in drunkenness. And being drunk on the things of this world. Not just drunk by something that is altering your mind. But all kind of things can alter your, th your thinking in the world. As while we are here. Letting things get too much of our attention can alter our spiritual life. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying, but in righteousness. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on him. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't make it any way that is easy for this flesh to yield to the lust of the flesh, to yield to Satan. He says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on that spirit that he has. Bring him into your life and worship him, love him, adore him. And put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for sin. Let's put it that way. It says for the flesh. But I'm going to change that just as I'm speaking here today. Make no provision for sin. Make no provision for this body, the flesh, to fulfill sin. To fulfill the lust that is in this body that will be you will be tempted with. Put you on Jesus Christ, he says. So you can have what he talked about, the grace. By one, he overcame sin. By sin, we, by one, we all inherited that sin. By one, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we can overcome that sin. We can overcome the flesh and the lust that is in that sin, that is in that body. Young or old, the power of God can overcome. Go back and we talk about it quite often. We've read it, but read the second and third chapters in Revelations and see how that people had gotten away. They had let, they had not let Jesus Christ be fully in them and overcome the flesh. And they had got off 
off track. They had let sin slip into their lives. But what did Jesus Christ do? He went to them. He called them out. He showed it to them. What your problem is. You are following Satan in certain cases. You are letting that first love has departed from you. But he didn't cast them away. His love for them. He says, you do this, and you do this, and if you do what I say, you will overcome. And he says, he that overcomes, I will give a new name. He that overcomes, I will give him that white garment. He that overcomes, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. He that overcomes, I will give eternal life. Friends, be encouraged. He is there. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the lust in this body. Get it out of your mind immediately. He, that power, Jesus Christ will take it away. Doesn't matter how strong it has been. Doesn't matter what it is. He can take it away. By the grace of God. You can be saved. By the grace of God. You can overcome. It's impossible for you to do it on your own. You're too weak. I'm too weak. But with the power of God, with that new spirit, with that new grace, that is the power of God. And I want you to let that sink down in your mind. Do you think he is a weak God? I don't. Do you think he is the most powerful God? He created the earth and the universe. He created you and me. He created all this world. That's how powerful he is. And he can forgive you of your sins. And he can give you power over. He gave it to his son. And he says, I'll give it to you. Because his son overcame everything in a fleshly body, just as you and I. He made no provision for the lust to be fulfilled in his body when he was here. Jesus Christ made no provision for that. He overcame by the power of God. And you and I can become a son of God. And we can have life everlasting. Put your faith and trust in him. And let's see victory.
we'll sing number 167. Tell it to Jesus alone, number 167. And there may be someone here that might would like to make that commitment. You can do so by coming forward as we sing. Tell it to Jesus alone.
the last part of that song. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Or do you look upon dying as just a way of getting closer to Jesus Christ? Are you grieving over joys departed? For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? What is the two things? Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Or for Christ's coming kingdom, are you looking forward to that? Are you sighing? What is the case in our life? Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend. There is no other friend or brother such as him. Go to him. Let us pray. To God the Father, we come to you this morning and we just beg that your word be established in every heart and every mind that has heard your message today. And that they are willing to be subject to you and to let you be their Lord. And that we're all willing then to walk close to you. God, we thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for the wonderful words of life. We thank you for the opportunity of eternal life. And just show us how we can encourage one another in your word, your gospel, and stand strong in your faith. Show us what you'd have for us to do with the things you've entrusted into our hands. And help us all to see victory in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.